You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I've titled it Overcoming Adversity. How many of us have faced a major challenge in our lives? Anyone in here? How how many of us are maybe going through a challenge right now that's that's pretty difficult? Yeah, we we face things that are are way beyond our limitations. And I I met with uh, some brothers in Christ uh, not too long ago, and and, uh, they're ministering to, to different churches, and one of the, the, the brothers in Christ was, was uh, going through a difficult time with something that had just happened recently uh, in, in the church where he is pastoring. Um, one of his key leaders was driving down in North Tucson, and he was with his daughter, and they, um, they were driving down the road and, and going through an intersection, and uh, they had a green light, and the person that, that went through a red light, another vehicle, and hit him, and it killed this individual, uh, the, the, the driver, which was one of the key leaders, this elder in the church. And then the daughter, his daughter was with him as they were going. So she was a part of the accident, and she was in intense critical condition. Uh, her, her face was all broken up. Um, she had um, multiple fractures all over her body. And, uh, and so in this time that we were praying for for the situation, he was as he was telling us, he um, he he spoke about him going into the waiting room of the hospital. How many of you know that sometimes things happen so fast in our lives that you look back and say, "What in the world happened?" And so he goes into the hospital uh, room in in, in uh, emergency or or uh, ICU waiting room, and there are almost 100 people in there. And so he goes in there and he ministers to them and he says, I am, and after days of doing so, he says, I'm going to have a prayer vigil for the family. And he thinks, you know, we'll, we'll have some prayer time and we'll have 50 people come or something like that. And, and there were more than 200 people that came just to pray. So during this time, um, uh, the wife had not left the hospital and this was about almost a month into the accident. She had not stepped out of the hospital doors. And uh, that day that we were praying, the daughter was having surgery on her face to reconstruct her face and uh, get all the bones uh, the best that they could do to fix her, 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 her face and, and that. But they had to make a decision on whether they were going to fix the face and the bones or they were going to save her hearing because... There was a nerve that was damaged, and they were going to have to do something with that nerve. So it was either them fix this or lose hearing, and they chose for her to lose one ear for them to reconstruct her face. Adversity. Now, the wife had not stepped out of the door of the hospital, even to the day that I was meeting with these ministers and and uh, the reason that she had not stepped out of the doors was because she said, the day that I step out, I will have to face the fact that my husband died. I am staying here with my daughter while she recovers. Adversity. 
You see, there are challenges that come into our lives that are way beyond our control. There are things that we, that we go through that, uh, that, that really try us. In fact, some of you in here, you may be challenged in your faith, in your faith because of things that have happened in your life. People that I've walked through difficulties, they question the existence of God when, think, when bad things happen because why would God allow these things to happen, right? So I read a quote the other day, and I want to share it with you. It says, adversity introduces a man to himself. See, you find out who you are when you go through the most difficult times. You find out who you are, who you trust in when your most challenging times come into your life. And, and, and you'll find out, you'll find out who your true self is when we face adversity. Because on the mountaintops, in the celebration times of life, everything is good, and so everything is good. But when you go through the difficult times of life, you start questioning everybody, yourself, and even God Almighty. You, you, sometimes we coward or we quit when challenges come our way, but when we do that, you'll never be all that God created you to be. If, if you back away from the great challenges of your life, you will never become all that you can be, and you will never see all that God can be because God's strength will always prevail in our greatest adversity. And so we put God in a box in our greatest adversities, in our greatest challenges. We put God in a box and we say, you know, I'll come back. I can't do this. This is horrible. Where are you, God? God is always there. I love that prophetic word that came through. You know, I have been with you. I am with you. I have, I have caught your tears. In fact, I believe God even cries with us when we're struggling and going through our difficult times. I love the way that Charles Spurgeon put it. Charles Spurgeon said, No stars gleam as brightly as those which glisten in the polar sky. No water tastes so sweet as that which springs amid the desert sand. And no faith is so precious as that which lives and triumphs through adversity. Tested faith brings experience you would never have believed your own weakness had you not needed to pass through trials. And you would never have known God's strength and his strength, I mean, had his strength not be needed to carry you through the trials that you're going through. Water tastes so much better when you are parched with thirst. The stars are so much brighter when you're in a winter season of your life. You will never see how weak you are until you've been tested with difficult times. People from Job to Joseph, biblical uh, characters from, from Job to Joseph, Abraham, all the prophets, Jesus, and all of his disciples were tested and went through great adversity. Many of us in our walk with God, we've gone through some horrific trials. 
My first year of ministry, the first year I came into the lead pastor position, there were two bombs that hit the Reese home. One of them hit us financially. The other one hit us with a family member, and they were huge. And no one likes it. I never like it when I'm going through one of those difficult challenges. But what I have found is that God has always remained faithful. So there's five, there's five themes that I'm, gonna, I'm going to be sharing on in, in adversity. The first one is that God is faithful. He's faithful when people aren't. He's faithful when we're not. The second theme that I, that I want us to do is, is we need to know faith. We need to, you really experience faith when you're going through a difficult time. You exercise your faith. You trust in God. And then you, you learn obedience. The third theme, the third week we're going to see obedience. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And then the fourth week, we're going to talk about being established. In other words, you're rooted down in the good soil of God so that when those storms come, you're not going to fall over and be a dead tree. You're going to be a tree that's going to be rooted in the things of God, and you're going to be able to withstand the storms of your life. And then the last, we're going to end with enlarge. God wants to enlarge our ministry. He wants to enlarge who we are. He wants you to prevail through things so you can testify. You can tell people God is good. And people will look at you and they'll say, how in the world did you make it through that? How in the world did you make it through that difficulty? Because of God. And I'm here to talk about it. And I'm here to tell you, you know what? I've got joy that people can't buy. I've got peace that, I, that you can't make up. I've got faithfulness that has been built in me. I've got gentleness that, the, that, that only God can give you. I've got all these things. I've got this self-control that God has developed in me because I have prevailed through the strength of the Almighty in my greatest challenges. So week one, we're going to look at faithful faithful and one thing that we will find in our walk with God is that through good times or through difficult times God will always remain faithful and we're going to look at Psalm 118 we're going to go through the first uh, 16 verses of this psalm it's going to help us to see the, that, that God's provision is with us in times of distress He provides what we need when we're going through the most difficult of times. But I want us to pray first of all and and, and bring this message to God's blessing. Father, thank you for this second service. Thank you for every person here, Lord God, every one of these individuals sitting in the seats or standing somewhere is special to you. But more than anything, Lord God, you're special to us. You're the sustainer and the creator of life. And without you, we have nothing. And so we just come before you as I, as I speak the words that you've given me. I pray that you'll give clarity and, and understanding, Lord, and, uh, and the power that comes from your spirit, Lord, so they'll be impactful, so that we won't just hear this message, but we will live it. We will walk it out, Lord, and that we, no matter what circumstance we go through, what adversity we face, that we can say God is great and he will get me through. So we pray that blessing upon this message, Father, the blessing that comes from above. 
In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. So the first thing, I have three things talking about God is faithful. Um, The first thing that I want to talk about is God will love you even when you feel unlovable. God will love you even when you feel unloved. The psalm starts out like this. As the psalmist begins to write, he says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. I love the way the NLT puts it. His faithful love endures forever. Let all of Israel repeat. His faithful love endures forever. Now just stop right there and pause, and I want you to think about what's going on in our world. Do you think maybe the children of Israel and the descendants of, of, of Israel right now are saying, you know what, in, in this that we're going through in the Middle East, God's love will endure forever? That we can sing that? And as people of faith, we can all say that as well? Amen? He says, let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat, his faithful love endures forever. I was thinking about that, and have you ever noticed that when you are in your most challenging times, we feel so unloved? In our most difficult times, we feel, nobody loves me. I think I'll just eat worms. Right? Nobody cares about me. Nobody's interested in me. We feel so unappreciated when you're going through adversity. You feel so insignificant. Come on, let's think about it, beloved. When you're you're on on the high times and the good times, you feel loved. Everything's good. But when you go through those challenging times in your life, you feel so unloved. You feel so insignificant. But the Word of God assures us that God remains faithful. And He's faithful to love you through your most difficult times. And I don't know about you guys, but that is very assuring to me. In those times that I'm facing the the things that are way above my control, that are way above my strength, that are way above my manipulation. Because how many of you know that many people live their lives manipulating their lives? You know what manipulation is? When you try to do things your way, and you conjure up, and you have defense mechanisms, and you put things, and you just, you know what, I'll work it this way. I'll just do a little of this, a little conniving over here, and you just get through life. But when challenging times come, those things don't even work. And it's good to know that God is there. See, you don't have to earn that love. He loves you because you're very special to him. And God will never, ever tell you, I don't love you anymore. Because his love is never ending. You see, people say these kinds of things. I I, I just don't think I love you anymore. I I don't feel like if I love you anymore. But love is not a feeling. Love is something that we continually pour out. It's something that we give. It's something that we, we entrust to someone. Amen? It's not something that we feel. And God, God loves us even when he doesn't feel like loving us. Amen? Because that's who he is. And his love endures forever. 
You should not run away from God's love. We should all run toward God's love. And the Lord showed me, as I was putting this together, and, and many situations that I've been dealing with in, in these uh, weeks before this series, dealing with people and individuals that are going through difficulties and myself going through difficulties, I began to think about this situation that happened in the Bible, and there was a woman that was caught in adultery. She was in a lot of adversity. She was in a very challenging time in her life. And, and the Bible puts it like this. He said, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back ag again at the temple. And a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and he taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd and they said, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says we must, we must stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus, he stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Just, let's just picture this real quick. So religion said to, the, to, to, to Jesus and to the woman, we need to stone her because of what she's done. Jesus said to them, all right, any one of you that, have, that has never done anything wrong, you throw the first rock. They all threw the rocks down. The crowd is looking, and they're listening intently. And Jesus looks at the woman right in the middle of the crowd, and she says, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And I could see the tears running down her eyes and probably from all the dirt and being dragged and being shunned. And she says, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I thought about that, ch that challenge. I thought, because, beloved, can I tell you something? We live in a world where it's very easy to condemn. And if you notice when you're going through your greatest adversity, it seems like everyone is condemning you. Everyone is telling you, look at what you've done. You're so messed up. So the psalmist says, what you need to hold on to is, Give thanks to the Lord because His love endures forever. His love never ends. His love will never say, I don't think I love you anymore. He will say, I love you to the end. But He told her something that was important. He says, I want you to turn away from that life that's destroying you and go and come and sin no more. Amen? And how many of us have been the recipient of that love that God has shown us so that we don't have to live in the yuck anymore where there's nothing but adversity, there's nothing but challenges, there's nothing but hardship, and there's nothing but condemnation. 
But that's not from God. So I was talking to this individual recently, and, and they made a really bad decision. And, and as they made this bad decision, they, 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 by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, things uh, worked out where, where, uh, where things got surfaced. And, and this individual just um, felt so shamed. And she just felt that she had done so mess, messed up so bad, I don't even think God can forgive me. She came, came and talked to me, and I says, God does forgive you. Shame doesn't come from God. Shame comes from the devil. And the awesome thing about that was she had someone in her life who loved her so very much that showed her, I'm going to love you no matter what you've done. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stand with you through your, through your most difficult time. And I was able to say, I want you to think about this. If this individual is standing by you and holding you and embracing you, how much more God is he going to love you and embrace you through your most difficult times? You see, beloved, sometimes when we make the worst choices in our life, we think, you know what, God could never love us. That's the opposite of the truth. Not only does God love us, he wants to restore us. God doesn't want you to be full of shame. He wants to forgive you. He wants to reconcile you. He wants to bring you into a right relationship with the Father so that you won't walk condemned but with your head up high. Everyone that I've known that has ever gone through great adversity has gone through it because of decisions or, or, or things that have happened in their life. And they've gone through this and then they begin to, to, to blame or they begin to, to get blamed but that's not God. God comes to restore. Jesus wrote on the ground, and what he was probably doing on the ground was writing all the sins of everyone that was going to try to stone her. He didn't come to stone her. He came to restore her. He came to save her, and he's come to save us. Amen? He's come to change us into something that we can't be without him. Second thing that's important God will not abandon you in your most difficult times. God will never abandon you when you need him most. Do you know what we need the, the very most in our times of adversity? We need someone who will stay by our side and help us through our challenges. Someone who will have our back. God has our back. He's there for us. The psalmist went on and he wrote, in my distress. So now it kind of helps us to understand the context. He starts out saying by, give thanks to the Lord because his love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. But he's really getting to a place. Now he's getting to the meat. He said, in my distress, in my adversity, in my challenges, I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me and he set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Can I tell you why the psalmist was writing that as the Holy Spirit led him? Because people will let us down. And God never will. He goes on to say, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. What is he saying there? People with wealth, people that can, can bail you out. Can I tell you something? Sometimes being bailed out isn't what we need. 
sometimes we need to go through that adversity so that we can learn to trust God in the most difficult times. Parents, this is a word to us, sometimes bailing our kids and young adults out of things is not what they need. What they need is to trust in the Lord so that they can find out what it is to walk by faith and allow for him to change their hearts and their lives. Adversity can lead us into bondage when we face it without God. And it will lead us into freedom if we face it with God. Because it's our tendency as people to lean on something or someone to get us through life's greatest challenges. How do I know that? Because I lived it for years before I walked with Did I turn off? And as, <laughs> I thought I got a little bit quiet there. And so, so with adversity, you're, you're, you're either going to be led into bondage, or if you face it with God, you're going to be led out of bondage. Because you're either going to face adversity and you say, you know what, I, I can't cope with this anymore. I, I need something to take the edge off. Or I need something... Is it on? Okay. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties. Um, and I really started to think about this, and and uh, and and we really will, will will face our adversities with something trying to cope. But when you have God, He doesn't take you into bondage; He leads you away from bondage and sets you free. And I saw someone put a tweet the other day. I thought it was amazing on Twitter. They tweeted, they said, um, I tried to drown my sorrows of life. I, I, I tried to live my life by drowning my sorrows, but I found out that our sorrows and our challenges swim. <laughs> and they come back with a vengeance. Amen? And so either you're going to embrace the help of God or you're going to embrace the help of something that's going to really lead you into bondage, lead you into addiction. In fact, I was just talking to someone uh, in the first, after first service and they were telling, telling me how God has set them free out of a life of addiction. And, and when do you get addicted? When do you, when do you start trusting substances? When you are in the most difficult times. The Bible teaches us that in our distress, we pray to the Lord who will answer us and he'll set us free. I love the way that uh, Charles Stanley, Pastor Charles Stanley put it. He says, oftentimes God demonstrates his faithfulness in adversity by providing for us what we need to survive. He does not change our painful circumstances. He sustains us through them. See, our tendency is, God, change this. Take, take it away. Just do away with it. But if we embrace that the Lord is with us in our most difficult times, we will see that he will sustain us 
and he will grow our faith when we trust in him. He will establish us, and he'll make us more mature when we come out of our difficult times. If everything was taken away from us all of the time, we would be spoiled brats because we would get our way. You will never grow. The mountaintops are great. They're wonderful times, but the fruit is grown in the valley. That's where the fruit grows. And so as we walk with the Lord, when we're going through those valleys, guess what? We're bearing fruit. The fruit is being generated in our lives. Amen? Here's what I know for sure. People have come into my life and people have gone out of my life. But God has been with me every step of the way. Since I gave my life to Jesus Christ, he has never left my side, whether I'm, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day. When I've had bad days, I've had people say, man, forget you, dude. And that might have been a good thing that they said that. I probably needed that, amen? I don't think people should agree with us when we're, when we're making bad choices or when, you know, sometimes we need to, for people to tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. But what I know for sure is that God has never left my side no matter what my circumstances. And you need to know that as well, beloved, that God will never leave your side no matter what you will face, no matter what your challenge is today. You find out who your friends are, you find out who your enemies are in your difficult times. My brother, man, I used to, I used to I love the guy. We used to walk into the bar, BC. Wasn't last week. Week before that. We used to walk into the bar, and, and, and because of who he was and his popularity, they used to f- fill us free drinks all night. In the, in the height of his game, if you know what I'm saying. He had a brain aneurysm from a drug overdose. They left him. His friends left him in, first at his girlfriend's house. She said, don't bring him here. Don't bring him here. Take him, take him to his parents. Took him to his parents. I am, no, took him to his parents, the friends, and they just left him on the floor, said, we're out of here. He was dying. Mom and dad called the paramedics. Paramedics got there. They said, he's probably going to die. Took him in, and, um, and he, they put him in the ICU, and by the grace of God, he's alive to this day. But the point that I want to get to, but he still hasn't received Jesus. But his life, and there's hope. Amen? But the point I want to make today is that those friends, they weren't his friends. And you'll find out in adversity who your friends are. You'll find out who cares about you. You see, God will never leave you or forsake you. No matter how popular you are, no matter how unpopular you are, God stays the same. Who condemns you, Jesus told the woman who committed adultery? Nobody, Lord, no one because of you. He says, I don't condemn you. 
I love you. Amen? So in these, in these difficult times that we're facing, what you will find is that, is that God will remain faithful. He'll never, never, ever, ever, ever abandon us in our most difficult times. Now I thank God. I thank God for all the difficult times that I've gone through. I thank the Lord. In that difficult financial time that, that, that I had to go through, and, and I remember that, that, that I had people that would, came and they said, you know, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. Really? I said, no, you won't. God will. Because I had to go through it. And we went through it. When my family, someone in my family got horribly abused, broke my heart to the point of you can kill someone kind of broken heart. I had to go through it. It's impacted our family. Because can I tell you something? God never left. And that wasn't God. That wasn't God. And the things that we're going through, the, the challenges, I'm talking, I'm talking challenges, beloved. Some of you guys have gone through some physical challenges. I mean, you were to, we're talking about some heart issues, things like that. You're facing challenges. Can I tell you, who's there? God. Because even doctors sometimes scratch their heads. They say, there's nothing we can do. It's only going to be through prayer. Amen? But God never leaves us nor forsakes us. Never. And I thank Him for that. Now, do we need people? Yes, we do. That's why we, when we start our small groups and we have the, the Daniel plan, we're going to need each other. How many of us know that it's good to, to have faith? How many of us know that it's good to, to, uh, to get fit? It's not a bad thing for us to live fit. How many of us know that it's good for us to, to eat right? It's not a bad thing. Might not taste that good, but it's not a bad thing. How many of but because it's, it's good for us, we have to change that. How many of us know that we need to, to have uh, uh, friends at our sides? And how many of us know we need to focus, be more focused in life? So last night, Shauna kicked off the, the cafe with the youth, and they had all kinds of frappuccinos. Cap so I wanted one of those fraps, you know, where they put the caramel on the inside of the cup, and you know, you're real pretty, and then load it up, and then caramel frappuccino, and then on top. So I say, I want a, I want a frappuccino. I want the caramel frapp. She says, give them the sugar-free, no whipped cream. <laughs> Light on the caramel. Why? Because she loves me, I think. You see, the reality is that we need each other. Amen? We need each other to get through things, but we need, need, you need people in your life, and someone needs to hear this. You need people in your life that are going to pour in the things of God. Not people in your life that are going to pour the things of the devil. Not people in your life that are going to pour the things that are going to bring you down. Not pour things into you when you're going through great adversity and tell you, you know what, maybe God's not, maybe he's not there for you. Ah, bologna and macaroni, he is. And he loves you very, very much. The last thing that I want to talk about today is you will overcome with God's help. 
You know why I love adversity now? Well, I don't love it, but I embrace it. You know why? Because I am convinced that there is not a problem or a challenge that is too big for God. I, I, just panning the audience, I, there's individuals in here, you're here, you're a miracle of God. Alex Dietz, he's a miracle of God. I'll have him share his testimony during this, this adversity series. And you see just how much of a miracle he is. A lot of us, Bino Sanchez, he's a, you, if you don't mind Bino, I want to have you share your testimony. He's a miracle of God. I'm just going to pick you out. Because God shows that he, there's nothing too difficult for him. The psalmist, he went on to write like this. He said, though hostile nations surround me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and they attacked me, but I destroyed them with the authority of the Lord. Now, I want you to just, I'm just thinking and up here as I'm preaching and, and I'm, I'm thinking about some of you. The enemies that are at you are drugs, alcohol, they're, they're, they're lust and, and, and temptations. They're all around you. The only way that you're going to destroy them is with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like crackling fire. But I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. My enemies did, they, did their best to kill me. But the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. Why, why do we applause when we sing songs? Why do we applause when, when we sing these songs of victory? Because God is with us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. Notice that the psalmist in emphasized that every victory over adverse conditions and hostile people has been accomplished through the power of God. We can't do it in our own strength. Every victory that I have ever, ever been, ever accomplished in my walk with God that has lasted has always been through the power of God. And the only way that we will overcome those things that are trying to destroy us is through the power of God. Our weakest and our most challenging times are the times that we can tap into the strength of God Almighty because God's power is perfected in our weakness. The Apostle Paul said, I have a thorn in my flesh. I have an instrument of Satan. And I asked the Lord, three times I pleaded with the Lord, Lord, take this from me, take it from me, take it, Lord. And the Lord answered me and said, My grace is sufficient for thee, Paul, because my perfect strength is perfected in your weakness. In your most difficult times, the power of the living God will work through you if we tap into it. 
I love the way that D.L. Moody put it. D.L. Moody was a wonderful evangelist. He spoke to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. When D.L. Moody, let me give you a little bit of background. When he first went into a, 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 a Sunday school class, the Sunday school t- class teacher said, I have never seen anyone that is more, uh, acts more like a demon than you. Anyone been there? God changed his life. And he spoke to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And he said this. He said, when a man has no strength, if he leans on God, he becomes very powerful. When we have no strength, lean on God. When everything's against you, when when it seems like I cannot do it anymore, lean on God. Just do it. And He'll get you through. Beloved, God's going to give us triumph. God's going to give us victory. God's going to give us power. The power where people say, wow, God is good. They don't say, wow, you're good. They say, wow, God is good. I'm going to close with this. I found out as I was doing this study that Psalm Psalm 118, most scholars believe that that's the psalm that Jesus and his disciples sang after he was leaving the Last Supper. He He had the Last Supper and he was leaving to the Garden of Gethsemane to go pray. And he knew that anguish, and he knew that difficulty awaited for for him. He knew that they were going to come and take him away to be crucified. And he, he led his disciples to sing, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And then he says, In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me. The nations are against me. Everyone is against me but I will conquer them through the strength of God Almighty. Can I tell you something, beloved? Think about those words and think about the challenges that you're facing right now and think if your challenges are bigger than God. No way. God is bigger than anything that you're facing today and with God, all things are possible. Doesn't matter what adversity. So is adversity my friend or my foe? Can I tell you it's my friend that will lead me to put my faith in the faithful God that I serve and to help me to become strengthened and to overcome. Amen. I'm done. It's time for coffee. Amen. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we are so weak without you. And we confess that before you, Lord. We all have situations in our lives that seem unbearable. So we come today, we place our total dependency on your strength. We place our dependency on your power to guide us through the challenges of our life, and you know what they are. 
We thank you for sending your son to die for our sins, Lord. The past sins, the, the sins that we commit today and even those in the future. And we, 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 we thank you, Lord God, that, uh, that he didn't stay in the grave, that he rose. And he rose so that he could give us life and give us everything that we need to live a, a life that's, that's pleasing to you. So I pray, Father, your blessing upon every person here, every person that's been hearing the message. I, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ and by his authority that you'll strengthen their souls, their hearts, and you'll sharpen their minds to, to lean toward your ways. Lord, whatever adversity they're facing, Lord, it's not bigger than you. You're bigger than that. Every challenge that we're facing, Lord God, it can't get us down because you will uphold us and you will lift us up. You are the lifter of our heads and we trust you today. So we pray this all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and everyone said, Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. 